Hey everybody, it's Matt here. And before we get to the episode today, I just want to invite you to slay this giant of sexual sin with us. I want to invite you to consider doing an event with us. We have so many different kinds of events that we could do. There's events for men, there's events for men and women, events for parents, for youth, for young adults. There's Sunday morning preaching. Um, some of the events that we do are for our one-time things and some are weekend-long conferences. And so if this is on your heart and you'd like to address sexuality and porn in your church or in your circle, in your ministry or whatever that might look like, uh, I would invite you to go to restoredministries.ca slash events. You can see what's possible there with some things that we've done in the past. And we're also very flexible with working with different event organizers and, and churches in what it can look like for their particular setting. And so if you have it on your heart to carry the message forward of, of freedom and wholeness and health over sexual brokenness, I would love to chat about what that might look like. Go to restoredministries.ca slash events. And at the bottom of the page, you'll see my email and feel free to email me. We can hop on a Zoom call together and look at what doing an event together might look like for you. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Brad and Hafner. Hey, welcome back to Pure Victory Podcast. Matt here, Brad and here. Last time I recorded, last two episodes I recorded, Brad, and we're not with you, so it's nice, oh, nice being right. back with you. Yeah, this is good. Man, oh man. But I think your wife was was, was good company for you, so a lot you, you were happy, yeah. A lot prettier, oh, that's for yeah, sure. No, for sure. You're saying I'm not pretty? Uh, What's yeah. going on here? Yeah. Well, just hey, got my, I just tweaked my eyebrows here, plucked them. So what are you saying? <laughs> I, I don't want to take away from when Kristen says that to you. I want it to mean so much because she's the only one. Yeah, that's so. right. Okay, there you go. There you go. Um, no, hey, listeners, I, we are so glad that you're with us. Uh, we always love just uh, just hearing from you guys. And so if you want to be part of our episodes, we would love for you to be to, to, to have a role, to have a place. And so you can email us a question. You can always send a voice memo in, uh, into, email, into our email inbox, and we'll put her as part of the episode. And we would love to do that. But just to answer your questions, we want to encourage you to do that. You can find our emails in the show notes. And, uh, and yeah, just a way for us to speak to you personally. Um, also, if you want to leave a review, if you want to leave a, a, any star rating, I'm not going to ask for four or five, but I mean, if, I will. if you really you want to. You don't have to. to, but I will. Four or five, please. There you go. There you go. Um, that'd be awesome. Just continuing to get the word out as uh, the audience grows and changes and, and uh, it's always awesome. So, hey, we're going to talk about deliverance today. Do I need to be delivered from the spirit of lust? It's a good question, hey? That's a great question. I think that many people have that question, especially when we're battling things like a porn addiction. We we often want to link that to something that's occurring in the spiritual realm. And it makes sense why we do that, right? Yeah. Because yeah. yes, there is a spiritual battle happening around us and often we are unaware. And sometimes maybe we we don't even think about that. We don't think about that component in our healing or moving away from addiction. Or we can go the other extreme and we place way too much credence on it or precedent on it for whatever else uh, in, in that regard. So we need to be measured in this and understand what this means and what this looks like for us. And that's what we're going to talk about in this podcast episode today is, is deliverance, what it means for us. Is this something we need? Is this something that we should think about, pray about? That's what we're going to dive into today. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you say that because a couple of weeks ago I was meeting with a friend who does deliverance ministry and that's his passion and what he does in ministry. And 
And so he was talking to me and he was saying, you know, people think that the, that the devil doesn't even exist. Like, like it's like people ignore him and think that he's not even part of the process. And, and, and it's kind of a pet peeve of his just, you know, we take responsibility for things or we, you know, look at other people and all the wrongs that they've done, but we, we are void of seeing the spiritual component. And so that was his perspective. And then, and, and I think there's totally validity to it. And then on the other hand, I'm thinking, yeah, but, a lot of times I hear people blaming the devil devil for everything. That's right. <laughs> and not taking responsibility. That's right. So it is what you're saying, Brad, and it's like, what's the balance? And where is there what what Paul writes in Scripture? He says to have spiritual wisdom and understanding or to have a spirit of revelation, he writes about in Ephesians mm-hmm. 1. So what, where is the balance and where can we understand or how can we understand the balance between, yeah, we, we are spiritually affected and there's obviously the Lord, the Holy Spirit, and then there's demonic spirits out there and, and both are vying for our attention, one louder than the other, one the louder one being the evil spirits. Mm-hmm. And um, but and then what is our responsibility in it? And when we fall into sin, or when we choose to go to sexual sin, is that us? Is it the devil? Uh, do we blame us? Do we blame the devil if it's our spouse? Do we just simply blame blame our spouse, or are we supposed to see the spiritual component to it too? Yeah, and I think it's really important for us to. Like as far as our own life, we have to be able to take ownership of our own life. Um, so if you're th- that mindset of, oh, the devil made me do it. Um, no. Uh, and we're going to talk about a little bit about that. He can tempt us. He can entice us. He can lie to us. He does all these things, but he can never force us to do anything. We have full control over our own lives and we have a choice in this. And so when we make choices though, what are we in agreement with? The more we make a choice towards something, the more in agreement we are with that thing. And this is just revealed in anything in life. Like, think about it. When you make a choice, a decision towards something, the next time it becomes a little bit easier and a little bit easier and a little bit easier. We become more accustomed to doing that. And that's where we can get deeply entrenched into something really bad. Sometimes deeply entrenched into something really good. Um, When it comes to the bad things, this is where the enemy really tries to gain control and a foothold in our life. He tries to get us to make certain choices. If you look how Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, Satan attacked his flesh. He attacked the physical components of, of Christ in the sense of food, power, prestige, pride, all these different areas um, that live in, the, in when it comes to our flesh. And when, what do I mean by flesh? Um, flesh is kind of that, the, the, the sinful aspect, the sinful nature of it. I'm not saying that Christ was sinful. What I mean, though, is that, how would you describe flesh, Matt? Well, flesh, it's different than body, because body, yeah. our body has a lot of value. Our body yeah. is, is from the Lord, for the Lord, it says in 1 Corinthians 6. But, but the flesh is like the fleshly desire that it had conflict with the spirit. So Galatians yeah. 5 talks about there's spiritual or desires of the spirit and then desires of the flesh. And so, and they're at contrast or they're, they're conflicting with each other all the time. Yeah. Thanks so, for clarifying that. Yeah. yeah so That's the great. fleshly desires, it's separate from the body. We sometimes confuse the two, but, or combine the two, but the fleshly desires that we have to put to death are, are the things that are against the spirit of God, right? Yeah. Yeah. So even in Romans eight, uh, just read a little bit here. This is great. Cause you mentioned Galatians, but Paul was writing in Romans, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. So the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So there's a lot to unpack there, but 
ultimately what we're seeing here is that we have two kind of warring components within us, the spirit and the flesh. And we can either walk by the spirit or walk or live in the flesh. So it's, this is something, a distinction we have to make. And the more agreement we give to the flesh, that's where the enemy really likes to encamp himself in our life. And the more that we do something and over and over again, whether it's an addictive pattern of behavior, um, it becomes really hard to break free from that because we have made agreements along the way. And until we recognize that we have control and we made those agreements, we're really stuck in that mire of that. And we don't know how to break free from that. And this is something that can occur for us with porn. Am I saying that all of this is demonically kind of a catalyst in that regard, demonically? Yes and no. I mean, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But the thing is that there is a spiritual battle happening in your life right now. And whether we, in a moment of curiosity, in our formative years, looked at porn, and it was just based in something like that, and that led down a further path, I guarantee you the enemy does have a presence in that area because it's in his interest to do so, <laughs> to keep you stuck in certain behaviors. Now, I'm, when I say that, I don't want the, this to be a thing where like there's a fearful component to this. Not at all. We're going to talk more about that, that we don't need to have fear. Just understand that there is a battle, but the power that Christ has, the Holy Spirit in you is far greater than anything the enemy can ever throw at you. So I just want to be very clear about that. But we do need to recognize and call a spade a spade. You know, the enemy is fighting in this area in our life. And if we allow kind of certain patterns and agreements that we make, this is what can occur where we're stuck. We feel stuck and we don't know how to break free. I love what you're saying about Romans 8. That, and I'll share a story here just because we want to give some stories. Brad has some too. And just to give some understanding, not that we know everything, but we have had, have had some experience personally and in ministry just working with deliverance with people. And so there's, I would say one time in my life where I got like delivered with someone casting a spirit out of me and some, some listeners like, are you, are you not a Christian? You could be possessed <laughs> by a demon. And it's a fair question for sure. But uh, we, we just believe a lot of people believe and, and have experienced and see it in scripture in this Romans eight talks to it, but that we can be, we would use the word oppressed not possessed, but right. um, we could be oppressed or just influenced negatively or have a stronghold, uh, demonic stronghold in our life. And so that's where, um, for me, the spirit of lust was, it was a radical thing. Somebody's praying, leading me in repentance of different things specifically, and then uh, and then casting a demon out of me. And I was, I, I was like, I burst forth crying. I felt free in my mind. I felt peace in my mind. It was wild wild thing and then the fruit of it was i was just free for i mean there it was crazy like just in my mind i was so free and so that was somebody casting something out of me um but i would say there's been three times where i have been delivered of something and it wasn't with anybody else it was just through circumstance or in prayer the lord just did it and it's it's really cool now the consistency in my experiences is that every time I was praying consistently and like fervently for help in a certain area or for freedom in a certain area. And so then God met me. But um, but one of these times, it goes to Romans 8, 5, what Braden's talking about. So those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. Those in accordance with the spirit have their mind set on what the spirit desires. And so one time I was really struggling with this one particular fantasy, praying to, to God for help with it trying to get rid of it, trying to stop, taking thoughts captive. And, and I, I mean, doing it here and there, better or worse sometimes. Um, 
but it was never fully gone. And so I was, I, I just want to help. But I remember one time I, I, I felt like the Lord said to me one morning in my room, do you think that you can live fantasy free? And I said, yeah, I think I can. And so later that week, this other situation happened where there, there was a memory that was brought to mind. And, and when, with this memory, I started crying and it was three times in the day I was telling different people about it. And I was crying every time, like bawling. And I didn't realize that this memory had its hold on me. And so I kept bawling, bawling, bawling. And, and eventually the third time I told the story, I was, uh, I, I felt something different in my body. Like I felt free of some, in some way. And, uh, and then in the months following, I mean, this fantasy, like it literally was gone. Like it just, it mm. was gone. And so the lesson for me in that one, cause I was praying about it, like how did this happen or why or whatever. And, and I felt like the Lord said something to me, like I needed your agreement and so before this memory came up about, or this situation where this memory came to mind about this healing, a few days before that, the Lord said to me, do you think you can live fantasy free? And when I said yes, that was agreeing with what Romans 5, 8, 5 says, agreeing with the spirit. We have the, our minds set on what the spirit desires. You can be free. But before that, I'd never verbalized that. My mind was set on what the flesh desires, trying to get rid of something rather than moving in freedom. And so in this particular circumstance, I'm sharing this because we want to share some things that you can, you can do in your own life to see the, the Lord work powerfully. And there's no real formula, but there are things that we can do. And agreement with his word and asking consistently for freedom and help is one thing that we can do. Yeah, it really is. And I mean, referring to that, that uh, the scripture that talks about the different um like the, the armor of God. So I want to specifically talk about the helmet of salvation in this regard. It's interesting. Uh, a helmet um, protects our mind. It protects our head. I mean, really, that's that's when we think of a helmet, it's it's a, a mind-protecting thing. But when why is it called the helmet of salvation? That's an interesting like, kind of thing, right? We don't, we don't often give that a lot of thought. But our salvation is based in a standing that we have with God. And um, that sets our mindset our identity, our understanding of who we are in God. And when we lose track of that, when we make agreement with other things, specifically when it comes to porn, for instance, you might believe shame-based lies, like I'm not worthy, I'm not good, I'm always going to be doing this, I'm always going to be stuck, this is just my lot in life, all those lies. That's belief that comes through thought and belief that comes out of a skewed view of your identity you're being attacked in a certain area. You're believing some agreement and coming in agreement with some lies. And this is really dictating the way you think about everything. And this is where we kind of need to look and come back to what are the agreements you're making? But if you have the mind of Christ, which we do, we have access to that fully, the helmet of salvation, think of it that way. If you know you're standing, your identity is no, I am a child of God. I am redeemed. I am saved. I am righteous, made righteous through the work of Christ. I am his. He is mine. Like if you have that belief system, that changes your outcomes completely. That changes everything for you. And when we're battling porn, the demonic activity really is centered often in our identity. And why? Because Satan knows that if he attacks our identity, our behavior follows. And so that's why we always say, you got to come to your identity. You got to come to what your identity actually is. And our, what are our agreements when it comes to our identity? So there's some clues for us. If you're thinking, am I demonically oppressed? What do you think about yourself? Where do you think 
you know, or what do you think about your identity? Like, do you believe that you're dirty and bad and no good? And, and it's really important to understand what God says about us. You might have a real difficult time receiving some of those things from God. And often that's because we've had so much agreement with lies. Lies can start to seem like truth to us. We believe it and it becomes even comfort for us because if we choose to, to, to think something different, you are now entering into the battle and it's a little uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> if you do something over and over again, that's what you know, right? That's all that you know and you're okay living in that space, even if it's very harmful and destructive for you. And, and that's why, I mean, when we live by the flesh, it leads to death. Um, and death in, in, in maybe, maybe a physical sense, but a spiritual sense, it's just death, a lot of destruction, decay. But when we live by the spirit, we have life. I think one of those two sounds a lot better. So if we can come to the place, hey, this is where the enemy's attacking me, let's address that. Let's come in agreement with what God says about us. Find some verses that speak directly to your identity. We've done podcasts about this episode, specifically about identity. But when it comes to you know, uh, deliverance and demonic attack, often people have made agreements based around their identity. And that's why the enemy has gained a foothold and authority in your life. And that's why it's important that we have to come back to those areas and really address them. Yeah, and we've seen more, more often than not, the sign, I guess you could say, of demonic oppression or influence would be, it would be in the mind, right? Like you say, like it's, it's you have your negative thought patterns, you can't stop it, trying to stop sin, but you keep on going back there. And, and so the next verse in Romans 8, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. What Braden's talking about, you can have life and also peace in your mind. But if you don't have peace in your mind, they're like take thoughts captive and that's great and we need that but also there might be something uh, in terms of a demonic stronghold that doesn't mean that that you can't do anything about it this is hopefully going to help you do something about it but i'm curious uh braden because people do ask a question about christians being possessed and i kind of mm-hmm. refer to it i think but um but what have you seen in terms of demonic possession and uh how could we live not fearing that but just with a healthy healthy understanding yeah great question i mean i think it really comes down to it if if you are a christ follower and you have given your life to jesus you have received from him that gift of salvation you have said you are lord of my life and you are king of my life when we make that agreement and we come in agreement with that um something changes for us now our standing with god has changed completely we are now under his authority. Now, there is a difference. Sometimes we don't fully claim that authority or walk in that authority. And there can be remnants or areas where we still have some oppressive things happening in our life, maybe based from trauma in our past, things that have happened, and it's being reflected in our behaviors. Um, So the Christian walk and the Christian journey is an ongoing move towards Jesus, a journey of doing that. The more we do that, the more we become like him. And he is in charge of that work in our life for sure, but we have to come into agreement with that work. And so sometimes there are remnants of maybe oppressive components in our life. Maybe we have really bad habits, really bad thought patterns. Maybe we still struggle with bad choices in relationship. Different things like that can have an oppressive component where there's demonic. Now, oppression is where we, we see people that have given full agreement to Satan Pos- in what possession. He, possession, yeah, sorry, possession. possession. Yeah. And that's where you'll see people that, um, often people that are very heavily involved in the you occult know, or different things like that. You'll see 
that component where sometimes people lose full control of their bodies. Uh, we've seen this, Matt and I, I mean, I, I was just telling him, I've seen a different voice come out of somebody, a, a child actually, and it wasn't his voice. It was a demonic kind of presence in his life because there was possession. And uh, the amazing thing is, is that uh, this was happened at a Bible camp that I was a, a camp counselor at. Two days later, this boy encountered Jesus. That demon was driven out. The light of Christ, you could see it in his face. He had such joy and peace. He was so excited and pumped up to be uh, in relationship with Jesus. He just loved Jesus so much, and he was set free completely from that possession. And that's because the authority in his life had been shifted from Satan to God. So that's that's the difference. So uh, a lot of people are like, well, can a Christian be possessed? Really, I mean, <laughs> if someone is possessed, it's because they've given full agreement and authority to Satan. So that, does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> I think that, I mean, and that's what I'm saying. As Christians, we still have oppressive elements in our life where we are still in agreement with the enemy about. But when it comes to the overall authority structure in our life of Jesus is mine, I receive fully from him. I believe upon him. He has died for my sins. I have repented. He is mine. I am his. You know, when you have that mindset, the authority of your life is now in Christ. And so there's a big difference. And so um, that's where we would find the answer in that question is, is, is it's, it's a question of authority really in your life. Now, if you're hearing this, you're like, oh, there's, I think there's some demonic activity here, here, and here. Don't be afraid of this stuff. Like, I think that the enemy tries to make us very fearful because why? He's afraid of you and Christ in you. He doesn't want you to be set free. So of course he's going to try to be a little intimidating in these areas. And where does he do this? Well, look in our culture the different movies that are out there, the different th ways that things are portrayed, is, uh, it's very intimidating. It seems scary, right? But God's told us we don't need to fear. He did not give us a spirit of fear, but power, peace, and of sound mind. And, and that's in Timothy, if you're wanting to know. Um, so this is something for us. We don't need to be afraid. The authority that we have in Christ over these areas in our life is absolute. And so if you're feeling stuck up in an area, you're feeling like, oh man, I can't break free. Just understand the authority that you have in Christ and you can pray into these things. It just really comes down to it. Do we, where's our agreements? And we've got to find those areas. And with the, the power of the Holy Spirit working in our life and directing us and even talking to others, people can see blind spots in our life that maybe we're not aware of. Be in community as well. Um, and, and we've seen this, Matt and I, in our own life where oppressive elements are broken off. Um, and it doesn't mean that there isn't still moments of attack that happen in our life. Uh, the other day I was getting strong attacks from the enemy in my thought life. And uh, I had to really choose in that moment, am I going to agree with some of these negative thought patterns or am I going to give them to Jesus? And I'm thankful. Uh, I mean, that was one of my better days in the sense of I gave in to what I knew was true. I had, I made the choice to follow what God had for me and believe his truth and then those lies dissipated and fell away. I mean, there's that, that verse, right? If we resist the enemy, he will flee from us. But remember, he is like a roaring lion looking to, to walk around and who he can devour. So he is actively trying to seek little cracks in your life. So we have to be on, you know, solid footing and we have to be aware. And often unawareness is a reason why we've kind of come into some of these uh, agreements in our life that maybe we didn't recognize as uh, either our flesh or attack of the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee and we don't have to be fearful. So I had this, I had this thing happen like nine years ago. I was taking a nap on a Sunday afternoon and I uh, had this dream. It was like half a second long. 
And the Lord said to me in this dream, if the, if, the, if a demonic spirit ever attacks you, you can call on my name and, uh, and I'll deliver you or set you free or whatever. And so I wake up after this dream and I'm pressed down to my bed. So there's a, a pressure on my hip and I'm being pressed down onto my bed. And I tried to roll over. I was on my side, I tried to roll over and on my back and I couldn't roll over. And so I'm like, man, this is crazy. What's going on? And I feel this uh, presence coming up my body and it started choking me, like physically choking me. I couldn't see anything, but it was physically choking me. I'm losing my breath. And, uh, and I, and so I was like, man, like I freaked out for a second. Cause I'm like, if this goes 10 seconds, I'm dead. And then I remembered my dream and I was like, in the name of Jesus. And I could wow. barely get it out. And when I said, Jesus, this thing lifted off of me. I heard it with my physical ears. I heard it screaming the most terrified scream as it fled through my walls and left my apartment where I was living. And I sat up in my bed and I had this euphoric like peace, experience of peace. And I was just so at like laughing and happy and at peace. And so people hear that story sometimes and they're freaked out. Like, oh my gosh, that's that's terrifying. <laughs> right. I'm like, you don't understand the power of God. Yeah. When I called on the name of Jesus and I could barely even say it, the thing freaked right out. Yeah. And so when we have these demonic things in our lives, it's not something to be fearful of. You call on, on God. I had this other experience where I went to the bathroom to take my contacts out one night and I saw the the eyes of Jesus staring at me in my reflection, but it wasn't my eyes, it was his eyes. And if you can go to Revelation, you can go to, I didn't even know this at this time, but in Revelation, it says that his eyes are like blazing fire. Yeah. And so when I saw my pupils in the reflection of the mirror, it was like swirling fire, beautiful, like the most beautiful thing ever, red swirling fire in my pupils. And I, it was, a, it was a wild experience. I mean, this is, but this is, it's a longer story, but the power of that experience, I mean, it's a thousand times more powerful than what I experienced with the demonic attack. Yeah. And so the power of God it trumps it every single time yes. and there's no reason to be fearful of it. And so I was, I was um, learning from a guy and he was telling the story and he was saying that he was trying to deliver the spirit out of somebody. And he was, he was like, in the name of Jesus and kept casting it. It wasn't happening. It was like the demon, like you said, like you heard a voice come out of that kid. Mm -hmm. Like he's like, the demon was mocking me and laughing at me. And so then he said he stopped and he prayed and he, and he closed his eyes and it was just about 10 or 15 seconds but what he did was he visualized himself sitting at the throne of God uh, because it says that we're seated there, which we're seated in Christ, or in heaven, in heavenly places with Christ. And so he, he visualized and prayed that he was seated with Christ. And when he came out of that prayer, he, he cast the demon, the demon out and it went. And the person that he was praying for was set free. Yeah. And so when Braden, when you're talking about remember the authority that you have in Christ, we so often think that we're just nothing and we're defeated. And we're trying to work up this prayer in our own way. But if we remember that we're actually seated in heavenly places with Christ and we're co-laborers with him, then there's an authority that comes with that because we're doing this with him rather than out of our own strength, yeah. trying to pray things up and be, you know, intense in prayer and whatever. So remember who you are and where you're seated. It's so important for this stuff. And in scripture, just to give a couple other keys, like in Jeremiah 15, it talks about repentance. And this is the first thing that I ever learned about with deliverance is that in, well, we can go back to Romans and it, in Romans, it talks about there's a law of the spirit of life and a law of, uh, and a law of death. And 
so it's li- literally people will teach it's a legal system in the spirit, which is why when you're not repentant of something, people will say a demonic presence or spirit has access. Like it has a legal right, you could say, to your mm-hmm. to your inner being. But when you're with the law of the spirit of life, when you're in agreement with the Lord and you're you're doing what he says to do, that demonic presence has to go. Like the, mm-hmm. it doesn't have a legal right to be in you anymore. And so one of the things, the first thing I ever learned about this is that to, you could say it, make it illegal for a demonic presence to be there, right. but to align yourself with the way of the Lord or the law of the Lord is, is to repent. And so you need to, you need to really think like, have I repented of my sin or do I just kind of feel bad or ashamed, but I don't really repent of it. And I, I like it a little bit too much. Or do you actually repent of it? Because you need to repent of things in order for the demonic to not have a hold on you. Um, so in, Jer- in Jeremiah 15, verse 19, it says, if you repent, I will restore you. Mm. And it goes on a couple verses later, but you could read the whole thing. It's Jeremiah 15, 19 to 21. And it says at the end, I will save you from the hands of the wicked and deliver you from the grasp of the cruel. So he will deliver you from the grasp, whatever is holding on to you, but it starts with your repentance. It's really important to not just kind of get numb to things, but to actually have a godly sorrow and repent over the things that we've done. In Psalm 50, here's another key. It talks about sacrifice in verse 14. Sacrifice, thank offerings to God, fulfill your vows to the Most High, and call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. And so I had another experience where for 14 months, I couldn't stop these negative thoughts. It was it was a terrible experience that I went through. And for it was like almost 24-7 for most of those days through 14 months. It was negative, cyclical. I try to stop thinking and I go right back to it. It was crazy. And so I remember desperately praying to God, like, how long am I going to deal with these thoughts? And I, and I would just think, like, it's going to be years and years. Like, I saw no end to it. And, and I was praying to God saying, why am I not able to be free of these things? And I felt like he just said to me, I want you to give thanks. I was like, okay, I'll try. And so I tried and I didn't do it very well because I just went back to my thoughts, but I tried going back to Thanksgiving. And so in this thank sacrifice, thank offerings to God, I always say it's not like you feel thankful. It's a sacrifice. Like I don't feel thankful, but I'm going to choose to give thanks because that's a sacrifice of Thanksgiving. And then in doing that, you're fulfilling vows to the most high. I was calling on him in the day of trouble and he delivered me because that very night after he said, well, if you want to get rid of these things, give thanks of these thoughts, give thanks. That night I went to bed feeling totally healthy. And at 1230 in the morning, I woke up and I was throwing up for five hours, throwing up in Oof. the bathroom. And I kept feeling uh, like these sharp pains in my stomach. And I was like, oh man, like this is so brutal. But God, I'm so sorry for these thoughts. And I was repenting of these thoughts and I kept throwing up. It was wild. And the next day I thought I was going to be tired. But I slept for like two hours. I got up. I was so energized. I had no thought, no negative thoughts. My mind was full of peace, like Romans 8 says. And that night, I went through the whole day just like, wow, this is amazing. And I had compassion in my heart for people like in a new way. And it was just cool. And that night at like 1030, I had one little negative thought again. And I felt this sharp pain in my stomach. And I was like, oh, God, sorry. I don't want to have this negative thought. And the sharp pain went away when I repented. And it started in this experience with sacrifice and a thank offering to God. And so thankfulness, repentance, your agreement, these are really essential things 
to seeing the Lord move in deliverance in your life. And so it could be, you know, you could seek out a deliverance ministry. You could seek out a local one too. And I would encourage that. I think lots are, are lots are different. I would say that some are more formulaic, some are more spirit led, but, but you know, there's, there's value in doing that. But even without that, you can seek the Lord and ask him for deliverance and just remember repentance, thank offerings, um, in Psalm 8, it says, through the praise of infants and children, uh, he has established a stronghold against his enemies. So against the enemies who has a stronghold against us, he's established a stronghold against the enemy through the praise and inf- of infants and children. So we can praise him when there's a stronghold in our life. We can still praise him and he'll move and he'll deliver us. So those are some keys. I mean, there's not a, a formula. There's not necessarily um something where it's going to work like the first time that you do it Mm -hmm. but the times where i've had these experiences uh and two of them have to do directly with lust it's been consistent prayer and consistent seeking him for freedom and and he's moved in my life yeah that's right and uh so just have that understanding and two a couple contextual things for us too um if there's things that are happening in your life that are not good circumstantially that doesn't mean that maybe you've made bad decisions always and that there's demonic activity here. It could just be life. That's right. um, so it's important that you understand that because uh, as Christ followers, Jesus, he did tell us that we will have difficulty in life, but take heart. He has overcome the world. Uh, so he's going to help us through those times. Now, there are some times that we do make decisions that have direct effect on us that are destructive. Um, we need to repent of those. And that's where we don't if we if we're in agreement with some of the destructive patterns that's where the enemy can really gain a foothold so it's important that we have the distinction there um because some people i know have really felt bogged down in guilt and shame thinking that their life sucks because of um all the bad decisions they made part of that might be true but not always right and so it's important that because if you're hearing this you're like oh man uh you know i've i've really gone off the rails and you're feeling really down on yourself we don't want that because that's another way the enemy can attack you. Uh, but instead, what we want you to understand is the authority that you have in Christ. And he's going to be with you through all things. And the amazing thing is, is he's at, he's presently at work in you. Isn't that encouraging? He cares so deeply about you and about your life that he is active all the time in your life. He's fully present in your life. He's not going to leave you. And, and that's so important for us to understand. He's working in us. He's working in our heart. He's working in us. And um, so if you have addictive patterns like porn, you're like, oh man, I feel so oppressed in this area. I don't know I'm going to break free. Well, this is why we're doing this podcast, this episode. And just understand, yes, there is a spiritual battle waging. We need to be aware of this. And the authority that we have in Christ, we can claim that, walk in that, and be free. And that's what God wants for us. So we encourage you with that. Uh, may the joy of, of Christ go with you today. I just want to say some sure. stuff first. Yeah, sure. Sorry. Yeah. Sometimes I talk about like the the Adam and Eve syndrome where Eve especially was like, oh, it's a, it's a serpent that deceived me. And yeah, sometimes, but sometimes like you're saying, Brad, you just made a bad choice. <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes it's us. And so in scripture in Romans 12, it talks about that you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so we can't just wait to be delivered. We need to actually renew the mind. And what happens sometimes when we don't renew the mind is if we get delivered, those things can come back. Scripture says it can come back seven, yeah. sevenfold and be stronger than ever. And so I've seen it, uh, even experienced it to a degree where 
you get free of something, but then the temptation can come back mm-hmm. or the pattern can come back. If your mind's not renewed, it it's only a short-term fix, this deliverance thing. And so we have to focus on renewing the mind. But but however, if somebody said to me, it, when there's a demonic spirit in scripture, Jesus didn't say just renew the mind. He said, cast right. it out. <laughs> yeah. Right. So there's the, there's, is the deliverance part of it. But I, I think the majority of it, especially for long-term is, is learning how to renew the mind and, uh, and seeking the Lord in that. So. Perfect. That's great. And we'll leave you that with that. Um, just, yeah, go in peace uh, this this week, and we're praying you on, we're cheering you on. And uh, if you have any other questions, feel free, but please leave a review on all the platforms that you listen to this on, and it really helps get the word out. So we thank you so much to all our listeners out there. Um, bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.